Welcome, everyone. I'm William C. Vantuono, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Age, and I am here with our 2024 Railroader of the Year, Tracy Robinson, President and CEO of CN. Tracy, on behalf of Railway Age, Simmons Boardman Publishing, uh, congratulations, a well-deserved honor. Thank you, Bill. Great to be here with you today, and thank you guys, you and your team at Railway Age, for all that you do for this industry. I'm an avid reader. Well, that's good, and you've been uh, you've been in the industry for for quite some time, uh, um, starting uh, back with uh, Canadian Pacific uh, a while ago. Uh, what what brought you into the rail industry? Uh, what what attracted you to it? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up in a farm in southern Saskatchewan, and when you're farming, the railroad is always central to what's going on in the community. And I would say farmers don't often think highly of the railroads, and that may not have changed over the years, but uh, Certainly, I knew how important they were. So when I went off to university, uh, Canadian Pacific CP was recruiting on campus. And I wanted to do something that was important. And I knew that they were important, certainly important to the community that I, I grew up in. And as I got into them, of course, they were. I learned that they were important to the agribusiness, but they were also important to a lot of other businesses, whether it's automotive or forest products. And, and that was pretty exciting to be in the middle of all of that. So tell me about your career. You you uh, you were in many many areas. That uh, you spent twenty seven years at, uh, at Canadian Pacific in various roles. Indeed, CP was you know, it's a it's a great organization, and it's got a great history and place in Canada. And they gave me the benefit of an incredibly diverse set of experiences, both internally and also you know in dealing with uh, a number of different types and groups of customers. I started as a sales rep in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. I sat in the operations office and my job was to knock on loading dock doors and try and figure out how we get the next piece of freight, uh, which was exciting and a good way to learn the railroad from the ground up. And then spent you know, a number of years in marketing and sales in Calgary and in Vancouver and in Edmonton in asset management, um, which was you allowed me to touch a few industries. I came here to Montreal after that and spent a few years as the uh, assistant kind of a chief of staff to the CEO and uh, the president at the time, then back into, uh, you know, we were creating at the time the very first for CP service design organization, uh, which put me in the middle of that. And then uh, into operations, leading the transportation service centers for the network in Canada and the United States, Uh, you know, and then fully full on customer service. I go over into accounting and then became treasurer, back into commercial to lead our coal business and then our merchandise business. So, it was a unique set of kind of experiences that allowed me to develop an appreciation for how the work really gets done and a better enterprise view of our business and of leadership. So you, you came into the industry then uh, uh, at a relatively important time of, of growth. You know, Staggers, the Staggers Rail Act, and mainly talking about the U.S., of course, uh, 1980, and things changed after that, but... Uh, so, so you were there at the early part of your career. You were there during the time when railroads were able to actually grow their business. Grow our business, become important to our customers' ability to grow their business, and to learn how to do it effectively but also efficiently. Uh, we could start to price differently. We could start to differentiate ourselves and think about you know, how we wanted to get our customers' products to market. It's a really exciting time. There's not very many new businesses that the railroads get into. But over the years, there's been a few of those. There was the crude by rail. You know, now we're into 
the precious minerals were now hauling lithium out of northern Quebec uh, into the you know, whole battery and EV market. So, uh, you know, the railroads are traditional and they've been around a long time, but there's still a lot of new stuff going on. A lot of changes. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned, I remember crude by rail very well when, uh, you know, the, the, the Bakken crude and uh, that, that had this big peak. Indeed. And then it kind of it, it leveled out. But, um, you know, I, I think the industry at that point uh, proved that, uh, you know, it can, uh, it's, 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 a good, it's a good piece of business. It is a good, it's a very good piece of business. But as railroads, you know, we excel uh, in a, it, when we know what's coming at us. Our supply chain can do pretty much anything when we know what's coming at us. And we like long-term sustainable business because we invest pretty significantly with our customers in, in these businesses. So the crude by rail has been an interesting adventure. It did peak and come off, but I think we're finding the sweet spot of the natural role that rail should play in that over the longer term. And, that, and that's the right, that's the right spot, the spot to be in. So looking ahead, where, where do you see, now everybody talks about we need to grow business, we need to grow traffic, uh, or we need to grow market share. Uh, where do you see the growth? Where are the opportunities, not only for CN, but for our industry uh, as a whole? Well, we talk about growing the business because, you know, it's, we're, we power the economy, right? So right. if the railroads aren't performing, and if they, we're not adding to the capacity where our customers need it, the economy is not going to grow. But if we can be in a position where we can help the economy grow, we're also going to grow. So that means you need to start with that foundation of a strong, consistent operation and service to your customers. But you, especially these days, need to be very close with your customers around how they're trying to build their business and what the opportunities are. It's um, a long lead time these days to get new capacity in place, whether it's track or whether it's... Um, you know, cars or locomotives or even people. And uh, so the closer we are to our customers and to the industries, and the more we know around where flows are going to go, the better partner we can be. But that's how we grow. And part of that is leveraging advanced technology. And CN has had some, uh, is doing some very innovative things with um, uh, automated track inspection and revenue cars and revenue trains, uh, a lot of initiatives uh, 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 the uh, inspection portals. Uh, that's, this is all. Uh, this is all good, and it's uh, at times it can be something that the general public doesn't really see how te technologically advanced this industry is. Well, yeah, pushing we, that. We've all been we've all been watching trains for our entire lives, right? Um, but what you is you're right. What you don't realize is how much te te how much technology is in this operation now. And it's the biggest change over the time when I stepped out of the industry and stepped back is the advancement in technology. And so, you know, it's important to lean into for, for a number of reasons. You know, we aspire to, you know, zero harm in our company, which means environment, it means people and communities. So we need to keep our rail operations safe, right? And technology plays a big role in doing that. But if we're going to operate consistently, it means we need a minimal amount of disruption. So the ability to have wayside detection that's checking on the equipment as the trains go by and the health of the equipment, seeing things that you cannot see with the naked eye, the ability to do that and then intervene before something happens, the ability to have our ATIP cars that you mentioned right. to move over in the middle of, you know, merchandise trains, move over our uh, track constantly, detecting early defects in the infrastructure uh, so that we can get at those uh, before there's any incident that's incredibly important to safety and to the efficient operations, um, you know, of, of across the whole network. So we've begun on that. 
amazing what's what's we've been able to accomplish so far, but I think that we're just really scratching the surface on. How how do you find uh, the, there is a difference uh, in somewhat of a regular regulatory difference between the U.S. and Canada? Uh, how do you, how do you find balancing those uh, those differences? Being that you you know you have a, ne- a network, CN is a network that touches two countries. Indeed, um, in many ways, we don't. We like to believe that the border doesn't exist. We operate right. very fluidly mm-hmm. across. And in this industry, as you know, we all exchange equipment and locomotives, and uh, that all operates very fluidly across. So, you know, the, the regulatory environments are different at different times, but largely they move as one and in the same direction. I, and that's pretty important because we're one network ac- across the continent. I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to go back a little bit and talk about your, uh, your time uh, in, at, at CP. Uh, who are some of your, your mentors? Everybody, I think, who's successful uh, in, in whatever they do, uh, most people have have mentors. Who are who are some of some of yours? Oh, well, you know, we would be here a long time if I talked to you about everybody who okay. who I learned something from along the way. But because I have the ability to move across kind of functions and touch the business differently, they're very different kind of leadership styles across some of those um, parts of the company. And you know, I met people who taught me a lot about the specifics and individual areas, and I met people who, importantly taught me a lot about how to bring all of that together. And so it's the sum total of all of that, the right kind of nudging, the right coaching and counseling in the right time uh, that's really been a gift to me. You know, we're all a product of the environment that we grew up in. For me, I grew up at CP, I grew up in Rails, but at CP. And so it was those people on the management team, but also the people that you work with every day next to yeah. who teach you about the business and teach you what good looks like. And it becomes a family. So coming back to the industry, it felt very much like coming home. A lot of people say that the, the industry is, is a big family. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, we get along, but uh, like any family, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it is a family. Uh, um, so you spent 27 years at CP, and then you left the industry to go work in the, the uh, Canada's energy sector. What, what prompted that? Well, I was, it was when I was uh, handling the merchandise portfolio in those crude by rail days. Mm-hmm. And generally in the, in the crude, we were selling to either you know, producers or refiners or the marketers. And our pitch was we could be nimble and move across markets and move quickly. But it also occurred to us that we could be helpful in the pipeline industry from one origin, one origin to one destination, but in advance of the pipeline being built, or we could offer them some flexibility in, in how they deliver services to their, to their customers. And so uh, TransCanada Pipelines, TC, now TC Energy, was part of that, and they were receptive. And that led me to join their organization to help them think through what those options were. Now, they never ended up getting in the rail business, but it opened the next door for me on learning you know, a, a business, another business had a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, yeah. long linear infrastructure, it's regulated, very safety sensitive, um, and, but, it, but a lot of differences. Um, it's an important industry. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot being there, this whole concept of, of where we get our energy from and where that's all going to go is a fascinating world to be in. And I, I've had the pleasure of running the Canadian natural gas pipelines um, and learning how to build pipeline. You know, uh, I've, I've spoken with uh, p- people who have in, in the industry who have known you for a long time uh, and, and uh, either worked with you or, or competed with you. Uh, I want to say competed against you, but uh, 
because uh, it's friendly competition. Well, you know, we for the most part, very much so. But without a fault, everybody that I, that I uh, and I've been in, I've been here in Railway Age for third thirty one years, folks, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody without 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 exception says how much they admire you and respected you and and uh, you know have a lot, a lot of good things to say about what it was like to work either with you or uh, at, on on the you know. Uh, at, at, at the other at the other carrier and uh, oh, I, I appreciate that I mean y- you know everything I know I learn from those people and continue to learn as I come over to CN and, and work with an equally impressive group over here it is there is nothing that happens on an organization like a big railroad that is so complex has all the moving pieces it's an outdoor sport it is a team effort and uh, the people that we grew up around you and I in this industry are the best in the business. And, it, you know, it's, um, it's, it's an honor to kind of be a product of that kind of environment and have the opportunity now to put me with the rest of the leaders in the industry to put our fingerprints on where we take it next. Um, but it is, you know, I think it's important that uh, when we come to our work every day that we realize that our bigger purpose is to move the economy. And that means that there's times where the most important thing we can do is work very well together. And sometimes it means that we're going to compete a little bit um, on the business that we move for in different ways. And the, the, as leaders, we need to know and be really good at distinguishing between when we should be doing one and when we should be doing the other and to be able to do both and still, uh, you know, have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. Uh one of one of the uh, persons who uh, who helped you out was uh, was you brought Ed, Ed Harris back out of retirement, and, and then he just you know of course he 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 passed on the torch to two people, two younger people, um, and that's uh, that's kind of an unusual move, you know the the way the way the operating department is sort of um, you have two people working closely together in di- in different functions. Let's. Uh, uh, that's unusual. I haven't seen that, really. No, you haven't. But I would tell you, I had a great favor for coming in. And, uh, you know, he and I have known each other for quite some time. And I have a great appreciation for his skills, the way he looks at this railroad. He knows this railroad very well. Uh, and uh, the way he thinks about the business, but also how he leads and what his values are. And that was important to me as I figured out who I could invite in to help us think through, uh, you know, the next generation of the operations uh, team. And so he'd done me a great favor in coming in. He knew our team very well. And he was a great thought partner on how we could structure this in a way that would make sure that we don't take our eye off the operating ball while we're growing. Um, because it's really important that this operating cadence and the level of customer service that we have achieved, that we don't lose that as we turn to growth. And so the way that uh, we decided that we would do it is we would differentiate, we would create you know, very two very different kind of organizations. One that was focused on the day-to-day execution. There's a lot, as you know, that goes on out there every day. Mm-hmm. There's something going on, weather or otherwise, in the in the continent. We're all involved in it, and that takes a lot and takes a lot of focus in the moment and day-to-day. And separately, we need as equal and as strong a focus on the future. So for us, in running the scheduled operating plan, that means a plan is made at the center of network operations. Uh, to optimize the whole. And it has to, it's, it's constantly being revised because there's new business coming on or the business is changing. 
But we need to be looking five years out and further around what we think the business is going to look like then. We need to have the track infrastructure and capacity and, and the stand, up to standards. We need to have uh, the locomotive fleet. Uh, we need to manage the crew base and the employee base. All of that through a longer-term lens. These are two very different pieces of work, and we can't, dis we can't distract either of them from their purpose, which means that we have Derek and his organization every day out there delivering the plan, running the plan. We've got Pat and his organization every day working on the plan and looking forward to make sure that we're set up for the future. And I think that this is the right way to structure our organization, you know, as we look to maintaining our customer service levels and growing. Yeah, and railroads uh, uh, have to be more nimble to yeah. keep and and grow market share. Um, it's uh, it's it, it's a heavy lift, but but it can it it can be done. You know, with that be. right mindset. Well, I know? think it, it it you know the world is different and things are changing, and we have to change with it and be as ahead of it as we can. You've made the point. You know, we need to be nimble. Uh, you know, the, who knew that? You know a war in Ukraine would suddenly change where we need to move grain yeah. or would cause the price of lumber to triple and, and mean that that has to move differently. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to pivot. Uh, we need uh, an organization and a team who has a different perspectives and isn't afraid to step into those kinds of things and get it done. But we also need to know who's doing what. And this is part of our structuring of our organization around who's making the plan and who's executing the plan. And uh, we think that that makes us far more, you know, adaptable and nimble in the moment. And I think it's pretty you know, we had an interesting year this year in a pretty serious forest fire season up here in Canada. In That's North, right. Yeah. In the northern part of our network, mm -hmm. it, it's um as I understand it it is worse than it has ever been. Uh and it was tough on our customers whose facilities were impacted. It was certainly difficult uh for us uh and we had a two week port strike on the west coast, but if you look at our operating performance and our operating stats, it's pretty it's pretty consistent, right? So these guys, through all of that, I mean, I like boring when it comes to operation. <laughs> it was pretty flat and yeah. consistent. They figured out between the plan that was constantly evolving through that period and the execution, uh, they got it done. And um, I think that was a real test of the resilience of our plan. And in these days, resilience is incredibly important. Yeah, I, I remember uh, well the Canadian wildfires uh, because they the smoke came all the way down to uh, where I live in, in New Jersey. And I hear that. I couldn't believe, you know, this is this stuff is coming from Canada, really. But yeah. it's, uh, um, yeah, the world has gotten, you know, with uh, um, global, you know, with climate change, uh, global warming, whatever, rising seas, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, weather has gotten more extreme. And um, uh, I, I would have to say, you probably would agree, that I think in terms of dealing with that, I think railroads are well-equipped to deal with that. You know, we've seen um, instances where there's been landslides and track washed out and fires and things, and the railroads are able to, you know, there is no come right back. better you know? organization than a railroad when it comes to a crisis. Mm -hmm. The ability of our teams to get track back in shape to run and to deal with whatever is going on around it is amazing. And it's been the case, it's a, it's a hallmark of the industry. What we're trying to make sure is that while we do that, we don't distract from the longer-term work as well. So we're, we're distinguishing between you know, that kind of capability, which is critical, but also the capability to look forward 
because as you're right, things are changing very, very quickly. Uh, and we need to be able to, to anticipate it. We need to be able to see around corners these days. So uh, what is uh, what is your long-term vision? Everybody in your position has a long-term vision, long-term goals. What, 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 what is that? What are some of that? You know, Bill, as I come back into the industry and um, consider what's going on around us and what we're going to need to do to step in to the role we need to play in the economy, uh, you know, there's a, there's a number of things that we're doing a lot of work on. One is this aspiration that we have around zero harm. Um, we believe that uh, we, there should be no harm to the environment, that there should be no harm to our employees in coming to work every day, and there should be no harm uh, through the work that we do to the communities in which we live. We want to be a net positive benefit. That takes culture. That takes technology. And there's lots of opportunities there. But also takes leadership to kind of set us on that path. I think that it's something you're seeing the industry focus on, and it's critical. It's a much more complex stakeholder environment than it was when I started in this business and when you started in this business. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that is kind of mission number one. But beyond that, you know, I think a lot about as I sit and speak to our customers across pretty much every industry about our ability to help them be successful. And that's the growth part. So if we're going to power the growth in the economy and in the continent, it means we need to be really good at a couple of things. We need that consistent operation where, you know, our customers are, are getting consistent service they can count on. For us in this railroad, that means the commitment to the scheduled offering wallet and, um, and, you know, and, and with a focus on the velocity of the assets that helps service our customers, but also helps us use our capacity effectively. And it means that we need to be a lot closer to our customers around they, where, where they want to grow. Uh, it's difficult for us to be surprised. So we need to be with them, beside them, early on when they're making decisions and understanding what markets they're going to be trying to get to so that we can have the capacity in place. And the third thing we need to think about is the fact that um, supply chains are more complex than just railroads. We all need to run really good railroads, but what our customers and our industries need is really good supply chains, which means we need to integrate in better ways um, through data, through technology, through through business process with our partners and the other railroads, with um, our partners up and down the supply chain, whether they're terminals or ports or warehouses or shipping lines, and with our customers so that we can figure out how to make um, that supply chain work, uh, both perform and to have the capacity that our customers need when they need it. So it's zero harm. It's how we figure out growth for the economy, and it's how we build this next generation. You know, when I look around, you know, it's hard not to you know, notice that these are the folks that we're going to be running the place next. And that, that deserves a tremendous amount of effort and focus for us and how to get them ready to handle all of this. And as you well know, the demographics in this industry are, are changing. You know, we have uh, far more women uh, uh, and they're uh, in leadership positions. Uh, you're an example, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, attracting younger people, uh, more more diversity in term in terms of whether it's you know an ethnic background or or, or whatever, and that's uh, it, it's good to see. You know, we started our uh, our Women in Rail uh, awards uh, back in 2017. Um, the first woman ever on the cover of Railway Age was Karina Moore, um, and you know the first ever. And Railway Age was established in 1856, folks. I wasn't, I wasn't part of the company back then, but, uh, 
but uh, you know, uh, it's really it's really gratifying to see. You know, we we ran our first live women in rail conference in Chicago a couple months ago. So it was very gratifying to see all the energy of the in the room of women uh, of all ages. A lot of uh, a lot of young women who are fairly new to the industry. Uh, some who have been in the industry a long time. Uh, just just the, the the camaraderie, the 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 energy there. It's really satisfying. Thank Must you. be gratifying for you. It is, and thank you for doing that because it takes all of us. I know a number of our people were involved in that event and came back with that energy uh, that you're talking about. It's good to see. The momentum coming, but we, you know, it's, we have to go faster. Our industry actually trails in this, as you would know. And, and I'm a strong believer that if we're going to succeed in the future, we need to lean in to diversity, but not, you know, I mean, it's the right thing to do, right? But there's also a really strong business imperative for it. Uh, we need those different perspectives and different backgrounds coming together in the right way. Uh, you know, this, this business is changing the culture needs to change as well. We need to come together differently. Um, but we also, I, I would argue that the size of the future uh, workforce is not as big as it was in the past in our day. And, you know, what I want to do is make this industry the place that people want to work. Make CN in particular the place that people want to work, no matter who you are. Everyone is welcome at CN. And I want to help get people as excited as I am about getting up every morning and making this this work for our customers, for our industries, for the economy, for the country and the continent. And it's a great purpose to rally around. And this is the kinds of experiences you can have working in an organization like this is tremendous. I've benefited from it. I'm going to make those same kinds of opportunities um, available to others, uh, you know, around here. And um, we're looking to be the place to work. Uh, that's one of the best things you can do. Um, one, one of my, uh, my mentors, my predecessor, Luther S. Miller, the late Luther S. Miller, uh, he, he said, uh, he told me, he said, the best thing you can do uh, as, a, as a, uh, a senior person, a leader, is to prepare the people who are coming up behind you uh, yeah. to, uh, for, to, to do your job someday. And uh, I, I believe strongly in that. I think you do, too. So these jobs aren't easy. Um, most jobs I've had at the time I thought weren't easy and they weren't, but they're gifts and opportunities to learn. And the best thing we can do for those coming up is to make sure that they've had the set of experiences and the exposures and, you know, the, you know, the, the wins and the failures and the scars that come from that, uh, that build the character so that you're ready for these roles when you step into them. And there's that opportunity. But there's also the opportunity, if those aren't the kinds of things that you aspire to, to have a really great career and to touch all kinds of things. Uh, we are deep experts in so many fields, and this is a great place to be for that as well. But I want us to be, we've done a lot of things in this company over the last couple of years to help our employees get to know each other again and to realize the, the family piece, the, the caliber, the quality of the people that they're working next to to get excited around what we get up to do every day and to want to be part of this. And I think if we, if I can do that here, and if me being in this role makes people realize that these jobs are available, um, they're not easy. Uh, they take, you know, a yeah. lot of effort um, and a lot of experience, but they're available if you want them. Then I think that that's a, that's a great thing to be doing. I, I, I often paraphrase um, uh, John F. Kennedy, who uh, I, I admire very much because he, he, set the country on 
on, on the track uh, or the flight to go to the moon. And he, he's, um, so I paraphrase him by saying, we choose to be railroaders, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Talked to a lot of, been in very difficult situations in my career. I talked to a lot of people now who are. And in those moments, what you have to realize is that you can't buy experience like that. You can't buy development like that. And we should all be embracing the difficult because it's what makes us capable of taking on the next thing. And when the world is so, you know, it's complex, it's moving quickly. What we need is people who have been there, maybe not in that exact situation, but they know that the difficult is important. And that if we come together in the right way, that pretty much anything is possible. I'm an optimist and I can see a really glorious future for this next generation. Think about technology that we can apply. If you think about the different ways that we can work with, you know, our frontline employees that run trains every day or fix track or, you know, or figuring out the next locomotive. Uh, you know, if we can all come together and be excited about the way we do that, but, but, but appreciate the difficulties and what they make possible, then I think, I think we can do anything. And, and this past year, 2023, has been uh, difficult for the industry. Uh, the industry was put in, put in spotlight um, by, by, by one particular accident. Uh, yes, indeed. And, uh, but, you know, and you look, at, uh, you look at all the scrutiny and a lot of the politicizing of, of not only that, but a, a lot of things that were going on. And, um, but I think, um, uh, as, as I uh, say in, the, in our December issue, brighter days are ahead. Uh, and we're seeing very strong signs of that. You know, the service is improving, traffic is coming back. Um, you know, we, I think as an industry, we've, we've uh, uh, weathered the storm. Not that the storm is over, okay, but because there's always something going on, you know. That, that Listen, it is really important not to lose the benefit that comes from every problem and every crisis. So there's lessons to be learned. And I am proud of the industry and the way that we rally around that. All this come from uh, that event and, and the, the new processes, procedures, technologies that we're putting in place because of that. Uh, you know, it's important to learn that. But I share your view that the future is bright and that, you know, as we come together, uh, you know, we are going to figure out how to make sure that our customers are served properly every day, how to make sure that we can help them and us grow um, as the economy grows in North America and how to make this the place that our employees want to come and work and learn. Well, I really think, Tracy, that, uh, uh, you know, many years from now, <laughs> you'll be able to look back on, uh, on your career and say you feel good about it, you know, that you, that you made a difference. And I think a lot of uh, people uh, in the industry will say, yeah, yeah, Tracy Robinson, yeah. I remember her. She, 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 she made change. You know, she, she did that. You know, she helped us. Well, I really believe that. Thank you, Bill. I, I hope that's true. Um, but it takes a lot of people to get all of that done. And I'm pretty proud of who I'm sitting here with at, at CN. And uh, it's, only, it's only as we come together that any of that happens. So, so Tracy, uh, uh, CN has a lot of partners. Uh, there's, there's some really good examples of that. The Falcon Premium Service that with, with Union Pacific. Uh, you're also growing, growing the network. Uh, I understand that there is a, uh, there is a, an acquisition underway of a, of a regional, uh, regional railroad, uh, in, in the Midwest. Uh, 
Uh, can can we uh, talk about that a bit? How yeah, can you talk about that? Okay. We like to, you know, we like to think about different ways that we can use our network to bring the right services to bear for our customers. So sometimes that's our own network. Sometimes it's working with the other railroads, like the FXE and the and the UP, which has been a great partnership in, in trying to pick up some truck market share. Uh, we've also announced a, a partnership with the Norfolk Southern. We want to be open for business, and we look at it through the lens of what's right. good for our customers. Sometimes that takes you down the path of coming together in different ways, and we have a a partnership now, a joint venture with the, the CBNS in uh, Nova Scotia mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. going to help us with our growth over the long term in the east. And we are now, uh, we're now we're announcing a, an acquisition of the Iowa Northern. Uh, and so that's exciting for us. It's a great regional operation. They've done a tremendous job of providing solutions and growing with their customers. And the two of us coming together uh, is going to allow that customer base to get access to market in a much more, you know, efficient way. Mm-hmm. And we think that brings benefits certainly to the holders of the Iowa Northern, but also uh, to their customers. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, that, I'm familiar with the Iowa Northern. That's quite an operation. It's roughly, I think, 230 miles uh, long. And from, uh, f- uh, by memory uh, serves me, uh, uh, it's grown from, uh, it, it's part of, it was part of the old Rock Island system. Mm-hmm. And it, it's grown from, uh, I think, when, when uh, Dan Sabin uh, and his partners bought that, it's grown from 15,000 carloads to 60,000 plus carloads. And it's, it's, uh, it's a very, it runs diagonally across uh, Iowa. Do you know the operation? It, 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 it connects with, um, well, not, uh, with CN, of course, and uh, CPKC and um, UP and, and the UP. So it's a, it, it looks it looks like a, there's a lot of good business there. So uh, what was your strategy behind acquiring? So that? Dan and his team have done a great job, as you've said, in growing that network in the customer base. And they've done that by getting to know their customers and determining what markets those customers want to be able to access. And so we've become a good partner with them. And, you know, there came a time where we had a conversation around, was there a different way that we could structure this? And so it's, it's business that we've been working with them on for a period of time. This just takes it to the next level. And um, they've been fantastic. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Tracy, again, our, our congratulations. Uh, it's a pleasure, uh, Well, Thank you. We will, uh, we will see you in Chicago at the Union League Club for the, for the annual bash. I'm excited about that, too. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much. And thanks for coming to Montreal today.